0: section one of edmund dantes this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot edmund dantes by edmund flagg storm and shipwreck the count of monte-cristo with the beautiful heyday clinging lovingly about his neck her head pillowed upon his shoulder stood on the deck of his superb yacht the Alcyon, gazing at the fast vanishing isle where he had left maximilian morel and valentine de villefort it was just daybreak but by the faint glimmering light he could plainly distinguish the figures of a man and a woman upon the distant beach they were walking arm in arm presently another figure a man's approached them and seemed to deliver something look said the count to hayde jacopo has given maximilian my letter and he reads it to valentine and now they know all jacopo points toward the yacht they see us and are waving their handkerchiefs in token of adieu hayde raised her head and glanced in the direction of the isle of monte-cristo i see them my lord she replied in a joyous tone they are happy yes said the count they are happy but they deserve their happiness and all is well they owe their happiness to you my lord resumed hayde meekly they owe it to god answered monte-cristo solemnly i was but his humble instrument and he has allowed me in this to make some slight atonement for the wrong i committed in taking vengeance into my own mortal hands Hayde was silent she knew the sad history of edmond dantes and was aware of how remorselessly the count of monte-cristo had avenged the wrongs of the humble sailor of marseilles this she had learned from her lord's own lips within the past few days the strict seclusion in which she had lived in paris had necessarily excluded her from all personal knowledge of the count's subtle war upon his enemies true she had emerged from her retirement to testify against morcerf at his trial before the house of peers but at that time she was ignorant of the fact that by causing the foe of her family to be convicted of felony treason and outrage she had simply promoted monte-cristo's vengeance on fernand the catalan but though silent the beautiful greek girl with her thoroughly oriental ideas could not realize that the man who stood beside her the being she almost worshipped had been guilty of the least wrong in avenging himself besides she would never have admitted even in the most secret recesses of her own heart that monte cristo who to her mind symbolized all that was good pure and heroic in human nature could have been wrong in anything he did meanwhile the count also had been silent and a shade of the deepest sadness had settled upon his pallid but intellectual visage he gazed at the isle of monte cristo until it became a mere dot in the distance then putting his arm tenderly about his lovely companion's waist he drew her gently toward the cabin as they vanished down the companion-way bertuccio and the captain of the alcyon followed by ali the nubian advanced to the prow of the yacht captain said bertuccio can you tell me whither we are bound i feel an irresistible desire to know yes answered the captain i can tell you the count ordered me to make with all possible speed for the island of crete bertuccio gave a sigh of relief i feared we were bound for italy he said but he added after an instant's thought why should we go to rome luigi vampa is amply able to care for all the count's interests there if indeed any remain now that the baron danglar has been attended to the captain who was an old italian smuggler placed his finger warningly upon his lips and glanced warily around when luigi vampa's name was mentioned but said nothing Pertuccio took the hint, and the conversation was dropped. Pressing onward, under full sail, the magnificent yacht shot over the blue waters of the Mediterranean with the speed of an eagle on the wing. It sped past Corsica and Sardinia, and soon the arid, uninviting shores of Tunis were visible. Then it passed between Sicily and Malta, steering directly toward the island of Crete up to this time the weather had been of the most delightful description not a cloud had obscured the sky and during the entire voyage the unruffled surface of the mediterranean had resembled that of some peaceful lake it was now the tenth of october and just cool enough to be pleasant the spice-laden breezes from the coast of africa reached the yacht tempered by the moist atmosphere of the sea furnishing an additional element of enjoyment the count of monte-cristo and hayde who seemed inseparable came on deck every morning at dawn and each evening walked back and forth admiring the gorgeous sunset and watching the shades of night as they gradually settled down upon the wide expanse of the waters it required no unusual penetration to see that they were lovers and that their delight in each other's society was unalloyed hayde clung to the count who with his arm wound about her slender waist looked down into the liquid depths of her eyes with a smile of perfect content while his free hand ever and anon toyed with her night-black tresses one evening as they were walking thus it was the evening of the fifteenth of october and crete was distant but two days sail monte-cristo tenderly took hayde's hand in his and said to her in a tone of ineffable softness hayde do you remember what you said to me on the isle of monte-cristo just before we parted from valentine and maximilian oh yes my lord was the low reply i said i loved you as one loves a father brother husband i loved you as my life and do you now regret those words regret them oh my lord how could i do that i ask you said the count slowly because we are nearing our destination in two days we shall land upon the shore of crete and once there it is my intention to make you my wife provided your feelings toward me are still unchanged marriage my child is the most important step in life and i do not wish you to take that step without fully understanding the promptings of your own dear heart only misery can follow the union of two souls not in perfect accord not entirely devoted the one to the other i am much older than you hayde and my sufferings have aged me still more than years i am a sad and weary man you on the contrary stand just upon the threshold of existence the world and its pleasures are all before you think my child think deeply before you pronounce the irrevocable vow hayde threw herself passionately upon monte-cristo's breast my lord she cried in accents broken by extreme agitation and emotion am i not your slave no hayde answered the count his bosom heaving and his eyes lighting up with a strange flash you are free your fate rests in your own hands then said the young girl ardently i will decide it this very instant i accept my freedom that i may voluntarily offer myself to you my love my husband you have suffered granted so have i your sufferings have aged you mine have transformed a child into a woman a woman who knows the promptings of her heart who knows that it beats for you and you alone in all the world my lord i resign myself to you do you accept the gift as Hayday concluded her beautiful eyes were suffused with tears and her whole frame quivered with intense excitement monte-cristo bent down and kissed her upon the forehead my own heyday he said with a slight tremor in his manly voice i accept the gift be my wife the wife of monte cristo and no effort of mine shall be wanting to assure your happiness at that moment there was a sinister flash in the heavens that were as yet without a cloud the livid light shot downward to the water and seemingly plunged to the depths of the mediterranean the count gave a start and drew his beloved hayde closer to him the frightened girl trembled from head to foot and clung to him for protection "Oh, my lord my lord she murmured does heaven disapprove of our plighted troth calm yourself hayde answered monte-cristo the lightning is god's seal and he has set it upon our betrothal the flash was now repeated and was succeeded by several others of increased intensity but as yet no thunder rolled and there was not the slightest indication of an approaching storm monte cristo took hayde's hand and led her to the side of the yacht not a single wave wrinkled the surface of the sea for miles and miles the water seemed asleep while down upon it the moon poured a flood of silvery radiance the stars too were beaming brightly still however the intense lightning shot athwart the placid sky it had become almost incessant monte-cristo could not account for the bewildering phenomenon he summoned the captain of the alcyon and said to him giacomo you have sailed the mediterranean all your life have you not all my life excellency replied he touching his cap have you ever before seen lightning such as this on a calm night never excellency it certainly cannot be heat lightning i think not excellency heat lightning has a quicker flash and is much less intense what do you suppose it portends i can form no idea excellency Oh, my lord said hayde a terrible storm is coming i am sure i feel a premonition of approaching danger i pray you guard against it nonsense my child returned monte-cristo with a laugh that in spite of all his efforts at self-control betrayed nervous agitation and an undefinable dread the sky is clear the moon is shining brilliantly and the sea is altogether tranquil if a storm were coming it would not be so banish your fears and reassure yourself the lightning is but a freak of nature the captain too was disturbed though he could give himself no satisfactory reason for his uneasiness ali with the characteristic superstition of the nubian race had prostrated himself upon the deck and was making signs the moslems of his country used to drive away malignant spirits the night however passed without accident though the singular lightning continued for several hours next morning the sun rose encircled by a ruddy band fringed on the outer rim with a faint yellow while its beams had a sullen glare instead of their normal brilliancy the lightning of the previous night was absent but soon another and not less disquieting phenomenon manifested itself as far as the eye could reach the sea seemed boiling and at intervals a puff as if of vapour would filter through the waves rising and disappearing in the heavens meanwhile the wind had fallen and amid an almost dead calm the sails of the alcyon hung listlessly with only an occasional flapping the yacht moved forward indeed but so slowly that it scarcely appeared to move at all monte-cristo and hayde came on deck at dawn but the young girl displayed such terror at the unwonted aspect of the sun and the sea that the count speedily persuaded her to return with him to the cabin there she cowered upon a divan hiding her face in her hands and moaning piteously her fiancé, distressed at her condition endeavoured to soothe and comfort her but utterly without avail her fears could neither be banished nor allayed at length he threw himself on a rug at her feet and disengaging her hands from her face drew them about his neck hayde clasped him frantically and clung to him as if she deemed that embrace a final one as they were sitting thus the alcyon received a sudden and violent shock that shook the noble yacht from stem to stern instantly there was a sound of hurrying feet on deck and the captain could be heard shouting hoarsely to the sailors monte-cristo leaped up and caught hayde in his arms at that moment ali darted down the companion-way and stood trembling before his master what was that shock demanded the count hurriedly the agitated nubian made a sign signifying he did not know but that all was yet safe remain with your mistress ali said monte-cristo i am going to see what is the matter oh no no cried hayde imploringly as the count placed her again on the divan and was moving away oh no no do not leave me my lord or i shall die ashy pale hayde rose from the divan and cast herself on her knees at monte-cristo's feet swear to me at least that you will not needlessly expose yourself to danger uttered in a pleading tone i swear it answered the count ali will faithfully guard you while i am gone he added and ere you can realize my absence i shall be again at your side with these words he tore himself away and hastened to the deck there a scene met his eye as unexpected as it was appalling the entire surface of the mediterranean was aglow with phosphorescence and the sun was veiled completely by a heavy cloud that seemed to cover the whole expanse of the sky this cloud was not black but of a bloody hue and the atmosphere was so densely charged with sulphur that it was almost impossible to breathe the sea was boiling more furiously than ever and the puffs of vapour that had before only occasionally filtered through the waves now leaped up incessantly each puff attended with a slight explosion the vapour was greyish when it first arose from the water but as it ascended it became red mingling at length with the bloody cloud that each moment acquired greater density the wind blew fitfully sometimes amounting to a gale and then utterly vanishing without the slightest warning soon the bloody cloud seemed to settle of its own weight upon the sea growing so thick that the eye could not penetrate it and a few feet from the yacht all was inky darkness monte cristo hurried to the captain who was endeavouring to quiet the superstitious fears of the sailors drawing him aside he said in a low tone Giacomo, we are in frightful danger this elemental disturbance is volcanic and how it will end cannot be foretold no doubt an earthquake is devastating the nearest land or will do so before many hours have elapsed at any moment rocks or islands may arise from the sea and obstruct our passage all we can do is to hold ourselves in readiness for whatever calamity may happen and make for crete as rapidly as possible with the hope of eventually getting beyond the volcanic zone do not enlighten the crew as to the cause of the disturbance did they know or even suspect it they could not be controlled but would become either stupefied or reckless try to convince them that we are simply in the midst of a severe electrical storm that will speedily exhaust its fury and subside now to work and remember that everything depends upon your courage and resolution giacomo rejoined the sailors who were huddled together at the stern of the yacht like so many frightened sheep he spoke to them doing his utmost to reassure them and ultimately succeeded so well that they resumed their neglected duties with some show of alacrity and even cheerfulness meanwhile monte-cristo with folded arms and an outward show of calmness was pacing the deck as if nothing unusual were in progress and his demeanour was not without its effect on the sailors who looked upon him with a species of awe and admiration at times he went below to cheer the drooping spirits of his beloved heyday but speedily returned that the influence of his presence might not be lost thus the day passed a night of painful suspense succeeded it during which not a soul on board the alcyon thought of sleeping nothing however occurred save that the intense lightning of the previous night was renewed toward eleven o'clock the breeze freshened to such an extent that the yacht sped along on her course with great fleetness in the morning the sun arose amid a purple haze and the mediterranean presented a more tumultuous and threatening aspect than it had the preceding day the breeze was still blowing stiffly and the lightning continued giacomo informed monte cristo that unless a calm should suddenly come on they would certainly arrive at crete by noon the sailors he added were in good spirits and might be relied upon though they were much fatigued by reason of their unceasing labor at ten o'clock the man at the wheel hurriedly summoned the captain to his side and with a look of terror and bewilderment directed his attention to the compass the needle of which no longer pointed to the north but was dancing a mad dance not remaining stationary for a single instant to complicate the situation still further the sun was suddenly obscured absolute darkness invading both sea and sky only when the vivid lightning tore the dense clouds apart were those on board the alcyon enabled to catch a glimpse of what was going on about them and that glimpse was but momentary thunder peals were now added to the terrors of the time while the yacht tossed and plunged on angry threatening billows showers of sparks and glowing cinders as if from some mighty conflagration poured down into the water striking its surface with an ominous hiss they resembled meteors and their brilliancy was augmented by the surrounding gloom rain also began to descend not in drops but in broad sheets and with the roar of a cataract in a moment everybody on the Alcyon's deck was drenched to the skin hayde had not ventured from the cabin since the first day of the elemental commotion in obedience to his master's commands ali constantly watched over her whenever the count was facing the strange storm with giacomo and the sailors as the captain approached the man at the wheel monte cristo fixed his eyes upon the old italian's countenance and saw it assume a deathly pallor as he noticed that the needle of the compass could no longer be depended on in an instant the count was beside him and realized the extent of the new evil that had befallen them we can steer but by guess now said giacomo in a low hoarse whisper god grant that we may be able to reach our destination as he spoke a loud crash was heard and the rudder torn from its fastenings by the violence of the tempest swept by them vanishing amid the darkness the man at the wheel gazed after it uttering a cry of despair we are completely at the mercy of the wind and waves said monte-cristo in an undertone can nothing be done he added hurriedly nothing excellency returned the captain a temporary rudder might be rigged were the sea calmer but boiling and seething as it is such a thing is utterly impossible a panic had seized upon the sailors as they witnessed the catastrophe that rendered the Alcyon helpless but this immediately gave place to stupor and the mid stood silent and overwhelmed Bertuccio, from the time the dread storm had broken forth had been gloomy and uncommunicative he had held persistently aloof both from monte-cristo and the crew in the general turmoil and confusion his bearing and behaviour had passed unnoticed even by the vigilant eye of the count the steward now approached his master and taking him aside whispered in his ear heaven's vengeance is pursuing the Alcyon and all on board because of my crimes i feel it i know it the steward's face was as white as a sheep but his eye betokened fixed resolution not another word of this cried monte-cristo sternly should the superstitious sailors hear you they would demand with one voice that you be cast into the boiling sea and they would be right rejoined bertuccio doggedly if i remain where i am the the alcian's doom is sealed on the other hand the moment you are rid of me the storm will cease as if by magic and you will be saved be silent commanded monte-cristo you are a corsican show a corsican's courage i will was the determined reply and the steward walked with a firm tread to the side of the yacht what do you mean said the count hurrying after him and placing his hand on his shoulder you shall see answered bertuccio shaking off monte cristo's grip he leaped upon the bulwarks and suddenly sprang far out amid the seething waves the count uttered a cry of horror that was echoed by the captain as for the crew so utterly stupefied were they that they did not seem to comprehend the suicidal act for an instant monte-cristo and giacomo saw the steward whirling about amid the tumultuous flood then he was swept away and vanished in the impenetrable darkness beyond the force of the wind had meanwhile augmented until a perfect hurricane was raging about the alcyon the noise was deafening and the sails swelled to such an extent that they threatened to snap asunder suddenly they gave way and the tattered shreds flew in all directions like white-winged sea-fowl simultaneously the mast toppled and went by the board the yacht now a helpless wreck pitched and tossed but still shot onward impelled by the wild fury of the gale gigantic waves at intervals swept the deck each torrent as it retreated carrying with it all it could tear away and making huge gaps in the bulwarks to which the sailors were clinging with all the energy of desperation monte cristo had grasped the stump of the mast and the captain clung with all his strength to the remains of the wheel the lightning had become terrific and the almost continuous roar of the thunder was sufficient to drown the mad din of the waters all at once the jagged outlines of a gigantic rock loomed up directly in the course of the faded vessel in another instant the alcyon struck and remained fast while a vivid flash of lightning revealed what appeared to be an island about a quarter of a mile away but though the wreck of the yacht was motionless the furious sea continued to break over the deck and it seemed only a question of a few moments when the battered and torn hull of the alcyon would go to pieces the boat the vessel carried had long since been wrenched from its fastenings and swept into the whirlpool monte cristo quitting the stump of the mast darted down the companionway into the cabin and quickly returned to the deck bearing in his arms the swooning form of his adored heyday ali followed him the nubian seemed to have entirely recovered from his fear and manifested both alertness and decision shifting his lifeless burden to his left arm and grasping her firmly monte-cristo advanced to the side of the Alcyon. pausing there for an instant he said addressing giacomo and the crew the yacht cannot hold together much longer if we remain where we are we shall inevitably be ground to powder on the rock with our vessel there is an island some distance to the right of us and sustained by providence we may succeed in reaching it by swimming for my part i shall try the venture and endeavour to save this lady you men are untrammelled and stand a better chance of success than i do i advise you all to follow my example to cling further to the wreck is death With these words the count made his way to a gap in the bulwarks and grasping hayde tightly leaped with her into the midst of the angry sea ali followed his master and soon they were seen far in the distance struggling and battling with the waves end of section one